Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Sitting in is Kelly Alexander. Monday. Thank you so much for joining us on Passion on CJD. And yes, it is Kelly Alexander in for one more kick of the can uh, for the show tonight. Dr. Lori will be back tomorrow. Thank you so much for spending time with me too over the last uh, like part of last week. And then tonight we've ha- had a lot of fun and we're going to have fun tonight as well uh, talking to our guests and we're going to get to them in just a second. If you do have questions about tonight's uh, panel, it's the Swingers panel and we'll be taking questions as well. Uh, so 514-790-0800 by phone and 514 514- Four eight hundred by text, and if you feel comfortable putting your first name in the text, that would be great. So we have uh, with us tonight Lexi Silver. She is the producer and host of the podca- podcast SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create, and uh, which focuses on sexuality and relationships. She's also the media director for SDC.com and works with experts around the world to provide sex education resources for adults. Lexi, welcome back to CJD. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm super excited to get to our topic tonight. We also have another guest with us. Uh, Ed Aliali is an award-winning cinematographer and independent filmmaker, and he's actually in the midst of a project about the swinger lifestyle in Montreal. Ed, welcome to CJD. Hi, and thanks for having me. So, Lexi, let's kick things off right away with, uh, I guess, just an explanation. Like, what exactly? Because I think, I think when you say swinger, there's like a whole connotation that pops up in people's minds and I kind of want to have a an accurate description of, of what the swinger lifestyle is actually about right and I mean that's a that's a great question and a lot of people who hear the word swinger think of the 1970s key parties where you'd go with your spouse or, or your boyfriend girlfriend whatever and you would swap partners and uh, that is usually you know the kind of a thing that they think of you know orgies and stuff like that it's not about that um, it could be about that but for a lot of people, it's just about, you know, couples opening up and uh, experiencing new things with other people. Everything is consensual. Everyone's aware of what's going on. Uh, it could be a really a great way to spice up your relationship. But also, I mean, it, it doesn't, it, it could be whatever you want it to be. So it's whatever you build with your partner. Or if you're single, it's a fun way to experience new things with other people who are open-minded. It's as much or as little as you want it to be. And when it comes to the swinger lifestyle, is there like a, demographic that sort of usually takes part like or is that people that are in the 20s and people that are in the 60s like that's a great question actually well there are swingers of all ages and I mean I've seen swingers who are you know in their early 20s I've seen swingers who are 70 so it really depends what I've noticed though in my you know exploration is that some people are you know tend to wait a little bit longer um, when they're finally comfortable with their sexuality or they're in a relationship where they've been together for all and they want to experience new things so you are looking at a demographic of people who are in their 30s 40s 50s sometimes when when they try swinging for the first time okay Ed in your um, you know research and, and and experiences over the last while while you're working on this uh, documentary, have you noticed a, a, a large demographic where people are, you know, younger and then older? Like, what's your thoughts on, on the demographic? Actually, yeah, there are lots of variety, you know, lots of different ages and from mostly from more than 30 years old because before 30, they don't know about their sexual needs and they don't know each other, uh, how what exactly they want in their sexual lifestyle. But after that, I think people find themselves and 
thinks that is a kind of new life is all that they have to experience. Okay. Now, Lexi, what is ethical non-monogamy? And what's the difference between singing and, say, um, like polyamory? So ethical non-monogamy is what I was talking about before when you're talking about consent, right? So consensual non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy typically refers to any kind of open relationship where uh, the partners involved are all aware of what's going on. And what's ethical and consensual about that is that it's open and honest, so there's no cheating. It's not like cheating, right? Um, and the idea is that, um, you know, in different there are different forms of open relationships, right? Polyamory is one of them. Um, open is very general term. And sometimes we don't really apply to every kind of relationship, but basically uh, swinging, for example, is when uh, typically when people uh, who are either in a couple or are singles are uh, exploring the lifestyle in a way that is more sexual. And polyamory has uh, to do with multiple loves, right? A poly like amour, right? Mm, Yeah. So um, it's it's more emotional. So, tepi- so typically, people could have full-on relationships with other individuals with the knowledge of their partners, and uh, that is a little bit different than swinging, where typically you're prioritizing your relationship and you're looking to explore, uh, you know, within the confines of your relationship a little bit outside of that. So it's more sexual versus a bit more emotional. But there are so many variations, and it could be really anything. Uh, everyone's experience is very different. 514-790-0800 by phone and 514-800 by text if you have questions for Lexi Silver. Again, the producer and host of the podcast, SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, uh, which focuses on sexuality and relationships. And we're also joined by Ed, who is a uh, an award-winning cinematographer and filmmaker who's currently working on a project about the swinger lifestyle in Montreal. I wanted to ask you too, Lexi, have you noticed um, or, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people focus on maybe heterosexual, the swinging lifestyle, but I'm, I'm assuming this happens uh, for gay couples as well. Absolutely. I mean, there is no, the swinging lifestyle is huge, right? And there are so many intersections with the LGBTQ plus community and uh, the king community. So uh, you will see a lot of overlap. Pretty much anyone can be a swinger. You just have to be open. Um, So it really doesn't matter what your background is. The whole idea is that you have that philosophy that uh, pretty much, you know, you're, you're letting yourself be open to new experiences and you're happy if your partner joins you in that if you're in a couple. Ed, have you noticed that, uh, that there's lots of variations in in your project that you're working on right now yeah of course there are many kind of types you know queer gay lesbian but yeah everyone can be swinger but uh the thing is that uh what i experienced there is the best for women it's really empowerment of women the things (laughs) that i saw there and for me was really interesting during my project that uh never no one judge you there you know whether you're old whether you're what is the shape of your body and that's a good thing that I really you know uh, for me was uh, something that's really interesting can you expand on that Lexi about the empowerment of women that idea of it Oh, I'm happy to. Ed interviewed me for his documentary as well. And uh, I spoke about that and about how for myself and I'm in a couple and also I uh, also can swing alone. So it is my partner. Basically, um, you know, as a woman, I'm empowered to, you know, be as open sexually as I want to be. Nobody judges me uh, because it is a community that fosters openness, which is already kind of taboo. And like I said, because of the intersections with the King community and and other communities that are a little bit more, uh, I guess, secretive and closeted, 
Uh, you're finding people who are just embracing the fact that you're happy to explore your sexual self in any way that you want. And no one will pressure you because it's, there's a, a huge co uh, community based on consent. And everyone just makes you feel comfortable in your skin. Now you see all body types. So as a woman, you're seeing real bodies, and it's lovely to see. There's so many different shapes and sizes. So you feel empowered on so many different levels. Um, I wanted to ask, too, I know we talked, like Ed sort of mentioned that he noticed that um, more people involved are sort of in their 30s. But have you noticed, like, uh, younger women, like, is it empowering to them sort of, you know, quickly? Like, is this sort of helpful in their, um, you know, evolution as a woman if they sort of embrace this earlier on in their life? Absolutely. I mean, I think the whole idea is that if you're starting to think about uh, sexuality and what you want in your, your life to be and what you what kind of relationship styles work for you, I think you've already done like a good chunk of the work as a young person, because those are sometimes questions that we don't really ask ourselves. We don't really question things like monogamy, for example, uh, very often when we're younger, because we're surrounded by models of monogamy. So thinking about what you might want sexually and what you might want from a relationship at a younger age, like, you know, in your teens and you're in your 20s, um, that definitely helps. And it can definitely help, you know, empower you to make those kinds of choices when you meet other people who have gone through that journey and have experienced something wonderful in this community. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Sitting in is Kelly Alexander. Good evening. It's 1018. Thanks so much for spending time with us on Passion here until 11 o'clock on CJD. It's Kelly uh, in for Lori, as mentioned, and we're joined tonight by Lexi Silver, who is the producer and host of the podcast SDC Presents, Seek, Discover, Create. And she's also the media director for SDC.com and works with experts around the world to provide sex education resources for adults. We're also joined by Ed Aliali, who is an award-winning uh, cinematographer and independent filmmaker, and he's currently working on a project about the sing a swinger lifestyle in Montreal. So uh, I wanted to speak to, I'm going to start with Ed on this one. Ed, when you were going around, you know, getting your information ready for this, uh, this documentary that you're working on about the swinging lifestyle, has jealousy played a part in it? Like, have you had jealousy pop up when oh, in discussions? Yeah, and that's a very good question. Uh, at the beginning for me, it was a big question. How can, you know, a couple uh, do that, for example, a man uh, seeing, uh, you know, his uh, wife, you know, enjoying sex with another man and she, he's happy. So that's why uh, I found that they changed the word jealousy to comparison. That's something that uh, Alexi can <laughs> talk and explain much better than me. But it was amazing that how they changed this word. How they just changed the definition of jealousy in their mind. And oh, wow. Yeah, so... Lexi, you're up. Explain this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I spoke to Ed about this at length. And, I mean, there's so, you know, jealousy at the end of the day is a human emotion. We have lots of emotions, right? So we can't control necessarily when we experience jealous feelings, but we can we can definitely control the way that we express that to our partner. So um, there are lots of reasons why someone might be jealous. You know, you're paying attention to somebody else, especially if you've been in a monogamous relationship for a long time. It's definitely going to be weird to see your partner for the first First time doing something it might feel good weird but it could also be not so good weird so there's a, a jealousy can bring up a lot of insecurities that we already have you know feeling like uh when what ed was saying you know when it comes to another man watching uh you know his his uh his woman or his woman i, I don't want to 
want to say it that way, but, you know, with another man, you know, there's that territorial aspect of it and kind of like, well, you know, is, is he better than me, especially if she's having a good time? Uh, you know, it's, uh, there's so many different insecurities that that could play on. So, yeah, Chelsea can play a role um, and it exists. It's just an emotion. It could be in any kind of relationship. Um, but definitely you need to have, you, you know, things on the right page with your partner so that if jealousy arises, then you're well equipped to handle that together. Okay. And have you noticed, like, is that jealousy more of an issue when it's, let's say, uh, like two men and a woman, or is it two women and a man that that, or, or like, or, you know, and, and any sort of variation, I suppose, in the, in the gay community as well? I would definitely say that it really just depends on the person and the situation. Um, you know, it, it can be it, it can be anybody. I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a gender difference. I think it's maybe more a personality difference in terms of like you know how um, you know if if something that turns you on, if it's a kink for you to watch your partner with someone else, then probably you might not feel jealous versus someone else who is uh, maybe a little bit more hesitant and they're watching their partner for the first time and it's bringing up a lot of feelings. So I think it's more a situation thing and like a level of experiencing not to say that experienced swingers cannot experience jealousy if they see them as them uh, their partner with someone else but um it you know it, it's something that uh, can just arise for really anybody um you know even if you're if one person tends to not be jealous if you're in a particular mood and you're not feeling great about your body for example you might feel insecure and you might feel jealous if you see your partner with someone else and wonder does he you know does he think or does she think that you know this person's more attractive than me or a better lay than me it, it can definitely arise and i'm wondering too when it comes to couples in your experience, Lexi, have you sort of, you know, found that in the couple it might be one that was more interested in the swinging lifestyle than the other? And does that work or do they both need to be sort of super, not super into it maybe, but like at least, because I feel like if one is just trying to do it for the other person, then it's probably going to end badly. Oh, God, yeah. If, if you do anything for your, your partner and you don't actually want to do it, it is going to end badly, no matter what it is. And especially if you're talking about, you know, uh, potentially watching your partner with someone else or, you know, knowing that your partner is being involved in, with someone else, because not all swingers necessarily are together when, you know, their partner is with somebody else. Um, so <laughs> I, I think um, the whole idea uh, is that um, you, you really just want to, uh, like, to have conversations. I think the conversation part is a massively important factor, um, no matter what. Okay. And you touched on something before we went to traffic, and I wanted to sort of wheel around and, and come back to it, because you talked okay. about how um, there was just sort of a sentence in there where you talked about people not being sort of open about it and, and sort of keeping it closeted. But yeah, how does that work? Like, do you think a lot of people that are in the swinging lifestyle, like, let their parents know that this is going on? Like, because I, I just know that I think in general, there's a lot of you know, shame can very much go with sexual activity, I think. And I'm just wondering, like, how that's handled in this particular lifestyle. Um, yeah, a lot of people are very secretive about it. And some sometimes people are afraid of being judged in terms of their work. Some people have jobs that uh, if they, you know, are are found to be open or to have like, you know, I guess kinks or a life that is different than, I guess, the standard, the standard monogamous traditional lifestyle, um, then yeah, they're, they're afraid that that could, you know, put their job in peril. And some people don't tell their parents uh, because they don't want to be judged and they're afraid and they are ashamed uh, for reasons that we, you know, uh, like a society, we've been programmed to be one particular way for our entire lives. So deviating from that norm in any way could, you know, make us feel uh, embarrassed or shameful but some swingers do tell their family 
um, my family pretty much knows. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it really depends on the family, I guess, and it depends on the person. Uh, some people just want this to be something fun for them that they just do as a couple and nobody really knows about it. Uh, some people tell their kids. It really depends. Okay. Ed, have you noticed anything in your, again, interviews and stuff like about how that, that works? Like, are people willing to be open or is it more of a secretive situation? Yeah, actually, so far, most of my interviews, they're uh, really close and they don't want other people to know about this relationship. And it still is kind of, I think, taboo for many, you know, old family and traditional families. But that one of the reasons that I want to make this documentary is that to show that no, there is nothing else. These are normal. There is nothing normal and not normal. Okay. Everything that you define, you know. So this is the kind of lifestyle, and it's very respectful. Five one four seven nine zero zero eight hundred by phone and five one four eight hundred by text if you have questions for either Lexi or Ed. Lexi, can you talk a little bit about some of the benefits of being a part of the swinger lifestyle in, in general and maybe for yourself pers- personally? Sure. I mean, I don't know where it ends. I mean, I've only had benefits in the lifestyle. Uh, you know, I, I touched before on the idea of empowerment, um, you know, and, and I spoke to Ed at length about this um, in the documentary. So, from you know, it, it's just it's a feeling of freedom, a feeling of being among people who won't judge you for whatever it is that you want to do. And, uh, you know, a feeling of community, you know, people support each other during the tough times. You ask other swingers for advice, like, what did you do in this situation? You know, how should I navigate in this way? It's such a supportive community. And it's, so you're really, even whether you're coming in alone or as a couple, and, you know, as a couple, you have a team. And if you're alone, you feel sometimes a little bit more lost because you don't have someone to refer to. The community is there to help you. So it's it's really something special, and it's pretty tight-knit, especially in Montreal, which you might ask about later, so mm-hmm. I'll wait on that. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really something. And for me, it has been a very liberating experience, a very, a very um, uh, a big growth experience for me, uh, where I am now and what I've managed to experience has really changed me in fundamental ways, and I'm so grateful uh, to the open lifestyle to be able to have had those opportunities. You spoke about, you know, a solo person coming into the lifestyle. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I would assume, depending on your personality, it might be a very daunting uh, quest. <laughs> it, it depends. Are you talking about men or women? Because those are two super well, then you 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 have, a, you have two minutes before news, so you explain those, those two. <laughs> As a single man, it could be a little bit hard, right? Because um, there are a lot of single men who are, you know, looking to, to you know, explore sexually. Uh, so they might come to sex clubs, for example, or they might be on dating sites looking for, you know, couples or, um, or single women, often single women. Uh, single women are unicorns, right? So single women have a huge advantage over pretty much anybody else because everyone's looking for them. Everybody's looking to have that gateway first experience with another woman, a three with another woman so women are kind of celebrated and single men sometimes uh, you know are kind of um I, it's not the same experience they have a harder time sometimes integrating uh with a lifestyle so i mean it really depends but it can be really fun um to just see what's out there and you know you could meet people i know people who've met other people uh who are now in a couple who met in lifestyle 
Okay. 514-790-0800 by phone and 514-800 by text if you have questions for Lexi and Ed again here until 11 o'clock talking about the swinging lifestyle. When we come back, we're going to delve a little bit more into what the lifestyle is like here in Montreal, what the scene is like. We're also going to talk about um, if your relationship can recover from a not-so-pleasant experience in this lifestyle. So again, if you have questions, 514-790-0800 by phone and 514-800 by text. It's Kelly Alexander sitting in for Dr. Lori Batito on Passion. You're listening to CJAD. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJAD 800. Sitting in is Kelly Alexander. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the show. It's 1036. We're here until 11 o'clock on Passion. Dr. Lori will be back tomorrow. We have uh, Lexi Silver with us on the show tonight. We're on the uh, the Swingers panel, and she's the producer and host of the podcast SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. And she is also the media director for SDC.com and works with experts around the world to provide sex education resources for adults. And we also have uh, Ed with us. He's an award-winning cinematographer and independent filmmaker. He's currently working on a project a documentary about the swinger lifestyle in Montreal. Lexi, I'm going to jump ahead a few questions because I have a text that's come in, but I need to ask you this first. Sure. Uh, who and what is a unicorn? <laughs> well, as I hinted at earlier, uh, you know, when you're a single woman in the lifestyle, uh, often you're considered a unicorn. A unicorn is basically hard to find, right? Uh, the idea is that a unicorn is a single female who is often or ideally bisexual, uh, so willing to potentially play with both partners in a heterosexual couple and uh, who would be open to a threesome um, because threesomes are often the gateway um, in ter- in, uh, into an open relationship. Uh, so that's a unicorn. It could also be uh, a, a person who is in a relationship with somebody else and who is not technically single in that aspect, but they can, you know, explore on their own within the confines of their relationship. They have that agreement that both parties can uh, be, you know, do things on their own. So that kind of woman could also be considered a unicorn. Okay. So we've had a text come in from Sergio in St. Leonard, and I'm going to I'm gonna sort of paraphrase his text because it's it's long, which I appreciate because it explains everything. <laughs> but I'll paraphrase a little bit. So he uh, knows a unicorn, and apparently she's been single uh, for the last seven years. Apparently she mainly gets her sexual activity at uh, these types of clubs. and he. But then she complains apparently to him that she hasn't had a serious relationship in these last seven years. And so he was wondering uh, your thoughts on this. Uh, they're just friends, but he's worried about her because he, he's not sure if she's like overcompensating by being involved in this without really trying to find her like her own partner like long term. I think it's very sweet, Sergio, that you're thinking about her well-being. Um, I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, what her sexual activities are and what kind of relationship she's looking for might be very different things. Uh, maybe she's getting something out of the lifestyle that she is not going to get in a relationship or she hasn't found the right match for her yet. Uh, we all have different reasons why. If we're single, we're single. And some people choose to stay single. And some people who are in, you know, looking for a particular kind of partner because they know themselves and they know what they want and the kind of relationship that they want. 
want, um, you know, that that's really up to them. It's an individual thing. So I wouldn't worry about her sexual practices. Um, you know, maybe there's uh, reasons she wants to do it or maybe she just enjoys it because, you know, sex is fun. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't worry about her, Sergio. Um, you know, she's looking for a relationship. Uh, she won't find it at a sex club. Um, so that might be something. But um, I wouldn't worry about her sexual practices impeding her ability to be in a relationship with somebody. So another question I would have for you is what is the lifestyle like here in Montreal? Because I know that we're a very open city in, in many regards. And so I'm just wondering, like, is this the place to be when it comes to this lifestyle? Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, for me, at least. I know Ed has done extensive work with a lot of couples who are here and also um, at a certain club that um, is my favorite here in Montreal, L'Orage. Uh, so maybe he can tell you a little bit about what he's done. But for me, um, I've been to other places, too. There are some very, uh, very vibrant uh, swinging cities in the world. And Montreal's definitely uh, towards the top of that list. Uh, we have a great European, open-minded kind of uh, culture over here. So that really does foster uh, a healthy um, environment for that. And there are lots of clubs over here uh, that, <laughs> that can cater to uh, pretty much whatever you're looking for. Ed, do you want to uh, expand on yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Before I went for the first time to a swinger club, I thought that it's going to be some kind of uh, people on drugs. They are all having sex together <laughs> and they force you to have sex and take your wife. So I, I thought something like this before I went there. But mm -hmm. when I went there, it was very shocking for me. First of all, it looked like a normal club. You like go, a normal you, dance club. Yeah, yeah, normal dance club. You go drink, dance, have fun. And if you want... You can go upstairs, and everything happens there. So there are two different styles of uh, swinger club. One is the European style. One is American style. In European style, there's no room. Everything happens in front of each other. So you go and with your partner. And the things that was really interesting for me, that super respectful place. Very respectful. Very, very respectful. For example, um, in a lot of dance club, normal dance club, uh, people come and touch other women without permission. But here, they all respect you. They ask you for anything they want to do. If you don't want, they don't. They talk to you. It's kind of normal place that I think everyone has to go one time and see and experience the place. Okay, perfect. 514-790-0800 by phone and 514-800 by text. Um, I wanted to ask you too, Lexi, uh, can your relationship recover if you've ended up having a not- pleasant experience you know maybe under undertaking this lifestyle and, and trying it out as a couple i mean you can ask the same question about any relationship i guess undergoing a negative experience and how you recover and i think that has to do with how solid your relationship was before this happened so negative experiences can happen and uh you know there's always a mix of good and bad that could potentially happen what's important is that you and your partner are on the same page so if you let's say go to a swingers club something happens uh someone maybe pushed the boundary a little bit too far someone felt uncomfortable, something was said that shouldn't have been said, or, you know, made somebody felt jealous. Those are all things that, you know, you have to discuss with your partner. Maybe not right after it happens when emotions are running really high, um, but maybe to take a step back, process your emotions and what you, how you felt, and then sit down with your partner and have that conversation and say, hey, you know, last night really didn't go that well. Here's, you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, made me feel uncomfortable. And then you can work together as a team uh, to be able to discuss how you can work um, together to make sure that next time 
if there is a next time that you want to experience, um, it could be improved. And I mean, sometimes what ends up happening is that people get into a swinging relationship or an open relationship without having a solid base of communication. And they found they will experience so many problems. You have to have a solid foundation of honesty and trust and openness with your partner to make sure that you can withstand potential negative experiences that you could have. If you, I'll add, go ahead. Yeah, so one thing to add to Alexis, like, and never and ever go there when you're drunk for the first few times. It's really important. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Alexis, have you your wits about, about you. Yeah, I met a lot of people who went there for the first time and they got drunk and they did something that they didn't want because of the alcohol. And then after they feel very bad and feel sorry and, you know, it was very bad. Yeah, negative effect on them. Lexi, when you, because we're, we're talking about going to some of these swinger clubs and, and I'm just wondering, does the, like, let's say you go as a couple, you meet someone, you know, things happen at the club. Does then that translate into outer world things? Like, like, can that then become something like that's not just happening at the club? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, if you, it's hard to find chemistry with one person, let alone two people, um, you know, in, in the turn, in, if you're talking about like a couple meeting somebody. But yeah, I mean, I have a wonderful friendships and relationships with people outside of that kind of setting who I did meet originally at a club, um, you know. So I, <laughs> once you get to know someone in that kind of way and you've been at a place to, you know, where you have experienced certain things together or seen a certain things together, it does bring that kind of closeness. So it has definitely brought about some very interesting friendships um, over time and, uh, you know, potential dating relationships. Sometimes there are couples who meet other couples who are like, they just really click and then they end up doing everything together. It's really been an interesting journey um, watching that uh, happen to myself as well as to other people. Okay. So we have much more to talk about um, on the Swingers panel coming up. I know we're going to get to uh, how do you sort of, uh, you know, approach this topic with your partner again, if this is something that you now want to start up and, and try. And also, what are some of the different forms of an open relationship? So that's all coming up. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Sitting in is Kelly Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. And we're here until 11 o'clock on CJAD. So we are talking, we have a, the Swingers panel on tonight. We're joined by Lexi Silver, uh, the producer and host of the podcast SDC Presents. And she also is the media director for SDC.com and works with experts around the world to provide sex education resources for adults. And we also have Ed, we have Ed Ali Ali, who's an award-winning uh, cinematographer and independent filmmaker who's working on a project about the swinger lifestyle here in Montreal. Can we talk, Lexi, a little bit about some of the different forms of an open relationship? Because I guess, you know, some people think it's a certain way, but I'm sure there's many different avenues. Yeah, absolutely. There's really not one certain uh, way to be in any kind of style of relationship. Um, so some forms, I mean, it goes, it's kind of on a spectrum, right? And there was a lot of people who fall in between, uh, you know, the lines. Uh, and that's okay, because everybody will make the label, um, if they want to call themselves open, uh, be whatever they want it to be. So uh, from monogamy, it goes to, I guess, monogamish, where maybe, you know, you're entertaining, like, you know, watching your partner dance with somebody else at Rod maybe you're watching uh, your partner, uh, you know, kiss someone else. You maybe just are, are voyeurs and you're just kind of wanting to watch other people have sex. There's, you know, the idea is that you're not fully monogamous. You're, you're not fully monogamous. You're kind of monogamous. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're maybe inter like pushing that line of open. Um, you know, open really applies to so many different kinds of styles. Um, 
after that, I guess, you know, you would go into more into swinging where it is uh, more related to there, there's usually more going on sexually, uh, might not be, you know, penetrative. It could be a lot of different things as well. Um, and then you would be looking at between swinging and polyamory. There's also a whole group of people who uh, are do have kinds of relationships with other people. They're still considered swingers. Uh, they're not quite polyamorous, but they're somewhere in between. Uh, so there is a little new term for that called poly swing. And then uh, there's polyamory, where, uh, you know, you might have uh, full-on emotional relationships with other people. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, those are different forms of open relationships. Like, at the base, there's a lot of other in-betweens and other terms that could be used uh, to describe different kinds of situations. Uh, but generally, um, you know, I, I find that when you ask somebody and if someone says, I'm a swinger, well, ask them, what does that mean to you? Because two different swingers might have a different definition of what that looks like for their relationship. Now, can you talk a little bit, too, about, um, you know, if you go down this swinging lifestyle route and then realize it's not for you or it's not for one of you, like, mm-hmm. how does that work? Because does that break up couples a lot or... It could. I mean, you had mentioned before, I think you gave the example of, uh, you know, one person doing something that they felt maybe pressured into or they want to do something to please their partner, but they weren't really into it. Oh, it will fail. And that will explode in your face. You cannot be (laughs) that will not work. Um, So basically, you need to know before you get into anything, uh, you don't necessarily know what the outcome will be, but you have to get an idea of, you know, how you might feel to watch your partner with someone else or to have them watch you with someone else, um, how you might feel, uh, you know, and handle those kinds of, uh, you know, emotions. If you're both not on the same page, then, yeah, it might not work out for you. Now, open relationships are not for everyone. Neither are monogamous relationships. So if you do go down that route and you realize it's not for you, it's not the end of the world but i think the idea is when you start to explore explore gradually and in baby steps so if you do take that first baby step and it's not for you you know right away before you went too far ed talked earlier about um the fact that when he he's start, you know doing some of his research and, and has has, has uh, gone to like the, the clubs and is, is figuring this this stuff out for his project that he noticed that people are very respectful for one another in the club so i'm wondering is there like a swingers etiquette going on <laughs> Definitely. There's some unspoken and spoken rules. Like if you go in a club, you know, the very basic rules are consent, making sure everyone is consenting. You have to ask permission before you touch anybody. Um, you know, there, that is a, a massive uh, spoken and unspoken rule that it applies everywhere. And that's where the respect comes in. Um, and there's like other things as well. You know, um, if you're, for example, like if you're encountering another couple and if, sorry, if you're a couple and you're encountering like, a, let's say a unicorn uh, to be respectful and not just look at her like she's a piece of meat, you know, there to satisfy your fantasy. She's a person also. So I think the idea is like get to know someone a little bit before you just ask them like, hey, you want to go upstairs and do something? Uh, knowing that there's people who are going to say no to you and accepting that no and being okay with that no without having to ask the person to provide an explanation why they are rejecting you, whatever the reason is. Um, Being respectful of someone's no is also a major thing when it comes to etiquette. And uh, making sure that if someone is drunk or out of their capacity to uh, consent, that nothing happens. Um, And usually people in clubs who are, like, looking a little intoxicated, uh, the managers and whatever usually do assist them into a cab because they don't want to see anything negative happen to anybody. And can you explain a little bit about the safe practices that go on at at clubs like this? Like, I'm just wondering how that's all handled. 
That's a great question, and I think different clubs handle it differently. Uh, the uh, club that uh, uh, that uh, Ed and I were talking about before, Lohage, um, basically what they have is security uh, pretty much posted up a little bit all over the club to make sure, you know, they just watch a little bit, make sure everything is consensual, uh, make sure everything is going well. So I feel very safe playing there, even as a single woman. Even if my partner's not there, I know that, like, I'm really not worried about anything happening. And they're very watchful in the sense of, yes, they have, you know, they're used to seeing newbies. They're used to seeing, like like Ed suggested before, people maybe drinking a bit too much because they wanted to, they felt uncomfortable, they wanted to loosen up, and then they loosened up a bit too much. Um, typically, uh, these are the kinds of people that uh, the staff are trained to watch and to be careful of and to make sure that they're, you know, maybe not um, entering in a situation that might be uh, negative for them. Ed, did you notice that when you were at the club, like that there's a that it's a, a safe space? Exactly, super safe, a very safe space. Uh, anything, for example, sometimes I saw few cop, a few men that were a bit drunk, and they want to persist to, for example, to touch a woman. Suddenly, security came and talked to them. Okay, no, don't touch. You can't. Okay, it's a very secure place and also respectful. That's great. Now, Alexi, I've heard that uh, you know there, there's some open-minded couples that 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 uh, would probably want to maybe see and and experience different events, not only here in Montreal. And I and I hear there's also uh, things like erotic parties. Like, how can they find out about that type of information if this is something that they want to experience? Well, uh, there are so many different parties going on all around the world. And one awesome place that you can find them, and, you know, shameless plug here, check out scc.com. So basically it's a listing of all of the parties, events, uh, travel destinations that are catered to uh, open-minded couples and individuals. And uh, it's also the world's largest uh, lifestyle dating platform. So you can also do erotic dating and, you know, find places to meet up with people uh, for the first time and get to know them and see if you click or connect. Okay. And again, that's sdc.com. Correct. Okay, perfect. Now, I actually wanted to bring this to your attention. As the show's been going on, you know, we, we had that great text from Sergio a little while ago, and you answered it and it was great. I ended up getting a text with no name, which is fine, um, from the same person. I sent two different texts, and I'm not going to read it because it's beneath us. But it, it bothered me, so I wanted to bring it up just in the fact that I'm I'm still appalled that it's 2020 and that um, there's lots of judgment out there. So I just want to know from you, Lexi, like how do you deal with people saying ridiculous things and being judgy? It's hard to shame someone when you don't feel shame for what you do. Okay. So you firstly have to just, you know, as an individual, recognize that there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Your kinks are fine. Your kinks are normal. What you're doing is good. Um, if you're confident in that and you, you know, no, nothing anybody can say to you uh, is going to really change uh, the way you feel about yourself. And uh, as far as, you know, judging other people, a lot of people judge when they fear Things. They fear uncertainty. They fear things that are unknown or their jealousy or they're insecure. They're, or sorry, are they jealous or they're insecure? That's really too bad for them because people who I know and myself included are living a very authentic life that is true to us and it's what we want. And we don't judge you for living your life the way you want to. So don't judge us. Perfect. And uh, we're up against the clock here. But Lexi, what final thought do you want to leave with the audience? Again, if someone's sitting there at home or driving in the car right now and is, is contemplating something like this, but has been maybe too nervous to think about it too much. 
Well, I mean, a, a great place to explore for the first time to get a bunch of resources. Um, you know, you can check out my website, LexiSilver.com or SDC. Come see us at the uh, Taboo Show in Montreal this weekend. I will be there all weekend. I have seminars going on, uh, and one of them including Swinging 101. Um, so the presentations are in English and French, and you can get a little bit more, uh, you know, detail about what's going on. And come meet me and uh, ask me for my free advice. I am there at your disposal all weekend. So that might be a good first step or connect with me on social media. Perfect. Ed, any final thoughts yeah, if you wanted to leave? The final thoughts, yeah, I want to add that if you kill your jealousy, if there's no ownership between couples and when everything is by agreement, you're going to have a better relationship. That's what I found so far. Perfect. Research, yeah. That's amazing. Well, Lexi, Ed, thank you so much for joining us tonight on on Passion. It's been uh, it's been really fascinating to, to learn all about this. So I really appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate ha you having us on the show. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. So again, if you'd like more information uh, with Lexi, you can check out sdc.com and then her own website as well, lexisilver.com. And Ed, best of luck, by the way, on thanks. the the project. That's <laughs> amazing. Uh, a big shout out to Chris Atkins for pushing all the right buttons. My name is Kelly Alexander. Again, Dr. Lori Batito will be back with you on Passion tomorrow night. And coming up after the CJAD News, you'll be listening to Lisa Laflamme and CTV National News right here on CJAD.